Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Thank you for joining us here on Seizure Salad. Buster Cluck Epilepticus, I'm your host, Micah B-Side. And uh, I'm joined today by Nina Octavia. You and I had a great conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was really mm-hmm. cool. We said, what the hell? Let's record an episode, you know? Um, yeah, today we're going to talk about something that that kind of came to the forefront the past, past week. And uh, especially today for me, um, we're going to talk about depression, clinical depression and anxiety. And not just the blues depression or not just I'm a little bit nervous, like the real deal. And mm-hmm. yeah. So Nina, how are you? And uh, it's great to see you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm doing pretty great. You know, excited to be here. Excited to have a chat with you. You know, always bringing smiles to my faces and uh, definitely really happy that we got to connect and uh yeah, I'm really excited to dive into it. I think that this is like a really powerful topic that, you know, a lot of people are struggling with, a lot of people are wanting support with. And I definitely think that uh, just sharing some insight, I always feel like it makes people feel like they're less alone, you know, like there are a lot of people struggling right now. Yeah, yeah, you said that, you said that. Um, You know, I, uh, ever since I got the epilepsy diagnosis in 2019, when they got pretty severe and the fallout, the emotional and mental fallout can be even more traumatic sometimes than the seizures themselves. Mm-hmm. I always knew it could happen, but it's lately I've become painfully aware of my mental health. And I've been slipping into moments of depression. And you slip into it to where you go weeks at a time, two, three weeks, where you just cannot be excited by anything and the brightest most glorious days don't mean anything to you and there's a despair in it um i i haven't i haven't been this down before i got nervous i got nervous to a point where i was getting ready to reach out to a hotline because i could feel myself if i didn't reach out weird things could happen. But it also made me realize too, uh, because it went away. And part of me thinks it might be the drugs because the drugs carry these side effects. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to my point in a second. <laughs> <laughs> because it it goes away. And it's not a regular consistent thing that you would have to necessarily take antidepressants on on the regular for. Before I got diagnosed and kind of pulled into the medical world and started um, getting to know more more people in the neurology world, I I, I kind of passed it off like everybody else, you know. Is it psychological or is it real? And you know, I I didn't take it seriously almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've had some experience in in this world. Can you can you tell us about your your experiences? Yeah, I think um, 
the first thing I want to say is just like, I feel like people don't understand how debilitating depression and anxiety can actually be and how diverse the range actually is. So like there can be days when like you experience like bouts of depression, bouts of anxiety. And then there are people who are experiencing it every day on like a chronic sense, like more to like a suicidal range, I would say. And for both people, it goes through a cycle where like it's up and down. Like I like to always refer to mental health like it's like a roller coaster ride like you have those highs on those days that like okay I'm starting to feel better you know maybe maybe I'm better I think that's how we like to look at things like better or worse and then we have those moments that we dip down and we're like oh no now I'm in this terrible place again and I, I the other thing I want to touch on is that like depression and anxiety like kind of is a lifetime thing and I don't mean to say that as in a way to you know make people feel like, oh, I'm going to be stuck in this forever, but it doesn't have to be intense for life. We can, you know, find strategies to manage it. Um, we can do different things to like support ourselves, but it's not one day I'm going to be fixed and I'm going to be better. There's not really a fix, a fixing thing. We can't look at health this way. You know, it's a journey and experience. It's something, you know, we're struggling with. And just from like my personal experience, I can definitely say like it has gotten so much better just by implementing tools. Like I went through uh, like a really hard time in my life where like I was really into like addiction. I was using like a lot of drugs. Um, I was just treating myself in not like a really safe place. You know, people were really concerned for me. When I tried to reach out and get help, I was like misdiagnosed multiple times. Like I couldn't even get the support I needed. Like I'm here in Canada where we have free healthcare. And like, let me tell you, like to even see a mental health professional that won't cost you a million dollars. Like it's very hard. Like the need outweighs like the resources that we have even here. And I can only imagine what it's like in the States knowing that you guys don't really yeah. have that, those same types of options, but um, yeah, definitely like, <laughs> yeah, we are too. We are too. So um it definitely takes time to put the right pieces into place, but when you do, it it can get a lot better. Um, like for me, I was at a point where like I was self-harming. I was, you know, calling those hotlines. I was going to emergency rooms. Like I was doing anything that I could do to put myself in a position that just like helped me kind of stay alive. Like that was just, it, it makes me feel sad to like reflect on it now being that way. But that's just the point where I was. I was just dealing with a lot of heavy stuff and I just didn't know how to handle it. I wasn't ever given the tools to handle it. So I can definitely resonate with people who are really struggling right now, who are going through something heavy, but um, definitely finding like the right support system and getting into therapy. Like I've been able to practice a lot of things that I bring into my life that, you know, make those low roller coaster pieces not so turbulent. Like instead of it being high highs and low lows, it's kind of like a middle wave where we're just sort of, you know, here comes a wave and we're up on it and you know then we're going under but we're like we're doing the thing to try to like move through and pull our way through it yeah yeah i myself fell into a support group uh an epilepsy support group and that's helped mm -hmm. me a lot um that's helped me um not my memory obviously but it, <laughs> it's helped me with that that network of people that understand where you're coming from and it's also given me a lot of input, feedback, um, comparison stories, things like that. And it lets you know you're not alone, but it also uh, gives you some inspiration 
sometimes and solace mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate that. And you're right. The, the support groups are necessary. Uh, and a lot of it too, I found, and it's, this is the harder part, I think, um, definitely was for me was reaching out to family, um, and mm-hmm. letting them know and reaching through that family dynamic and saying, this is what I need. This is what I have. This is mm-hmm. what I, what it is. And this is what I need. And let me help you get educated as I get educated about this. You know, I'll, I'll share information with you so that you can help understand what I'm dealing with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier with epilepsy, I, I think, than it is for uh, depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Those are those are still very misunderstood uh, conditions. So that's my yeah, thought. I agree. I agree. I think it's just because you know epilepsy is like a physical thing we can see. When we see someone who's like struggling with you know depression or anxiety. It's it's very mental. Um, and yes. it's we live in a weird world where we don't think we we know the most one of the most important organs is our brain, and yet when you know there's like a quote unquote like disease in our brain, like we're not taking that seriously. But yeah. anything that's happening to your brain is a pretty severe thing, and I definitely you know I don't think that we should treat it as lightly. I think it is just very misunderstood, you know generations especially like before mine like I'm more like millennial so it's it's a lot more common um a lot more people understand but definitely like my parents or like my parents parents would just be like you know you just you get over that you move through this like what do you mean you feel like lying in bed all day but that's the thing it's not that I feel like doing that it's just that you know sometimes all the joy of life has just been like has been sucked out of me like how am I supposed to get out of this bed when I don't feel like my life is worth living. I don't feel like, you know, I have anything to strive for, to live for, to love. Like, I feel like um, when I think about depression, especially, it just makes me feel like the world is gray instead of seeing the world in color. Uh, mm-hmm. And even I took like antidepressants for a really long time. And um, I'm very like, you know, mixed on it. I think that they like really play a role for people. I don't think that they should be a permanent solution. Like for me, it's like, it's just a temporary thing because the long-term effects of those drugs is depression and anxiety. Yeah. So like you're taking it to get rid of your depression and anxiety, but then actually in the long run, you're causing more depression and anxiety. So they have to keep upping you and upping you. And there's like a lot of side effects that like, if they don't get the right one, a doctor explained it to me one time. They said, when we're putting you on um, these medications, like we know what they do, but it's sort of like throwing a dart at the dartboard and seeing where it hits. And that just did not sit well with me. I'm like, that's pretty questionable that I'm just going to like take these things and hope it works out. Because the thing is like, it could make you super suicidal when you're just like, you know, I'm kind of struggling. I need some help. And then like, it could just throw you off the deep end all of a sudden. So how is that helping us? You know? Yeah. Um, not oh, to put them down because they, they did really help me like get a grasp on my life. But eventually like talk therapy, DBT, CBT, good support groups, just like trying to find more joy in my life. That's what like served me. That's what has like really brought me, I feel like, to like a better like elevated place. You know, like mm-hmm. even for me, like getting in touch with like spirituality, meditation, you know, trying to find like bigger pleasures in life. That's like this is what is worth living for. This is why I get a, a bed, even when it's raining and there's no sun shining. And like, that's the worst day for me. And when the sun's out, it's much better for me. But 
when it's like gloomy and gross, I'm like, oh, like we're going to start the day like this. Like <laughs> it's hard. Like you're still pulling yourself through even when you get the support. So yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man. <clears throat> what a frog. <laughs> there we go. I think it just, I can feel it. I can hear the difference now. Um, that that's pretty inspiring and that's pretty, pretty brutally honest there too. That just gives me an insider's view of mm -hmm. a taste of what that's like, especially somebody who's, who's lived it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And cause just a, just a couple of weeks, just three, three weeks, it's brutal. And you, you just get so down, you get so down and it, it's, it's, it is very, very hard to describe to somebody who hasn't gone through it. And honestly, mm -hmm. I don't think I could describe it any better than you did right there. It's you know? hard. I always say like, it's an elite club that no one really wants to be like a part of. Because mm -hmm. if you've experienced it, you know, you know what that feels like, you know, just how empty it feels like. That's the only way that feels like true to me. It's like, it's like an emptiness. Like, it's just like, what am I doing here? What is the purpose of this? Like, what is the point? That's the question that I think comes up for me when I'm in like more of like a downward space. Like, what is the point of this? What's yeah. the point of me waking up and going to work? Like, what's the point of me like getting up? What's the point of me feeding myself? What's the point of me, you know, showering or doing these things? Like, it doesn't have to be like intense all the time for people. But I think that like we all experience it a little bit differently, of course. But, you know, what it's hard it's hard to it's hard to explain it to people who don't understand like people always want to help you but the thing is the people who have experienced it can help you the most mm -hmm. that's what i think because yeah. they can resonate and there's this thing about people who have also struggled who don't make you feel crazy because i think that that's like another barrier for people is that like at least for me, I spent so long, like the thoughts in my head, sometimes I'm like, I am a crazy person. Like This is what crazy people think about. And now it's like, now I have the shame on top of this thing I'm already dealing with. So now I have to move through the layers of shame and I have to move through whatever's even happening for me. Like it becomes so like out of control uh, for a situation you're just trying to get a handle on that you're struggling to even get a handle on. Yeah. And, and that kind of ties back to something you had said earlier too, about where your own expectations and, and a lot of people's expectations fall along these lines of, you know, you want it to go this way. And sometimes it goes mm -hmm. this way and like that. And then everyone looks at you and goes, well, what happened? Those, those pills were working so great or, yeah. you know, yeah. Recently my diet, which was going so well, it, it took a clunker on me. Mm -hmm. And the seizures are coming back. Um, my friends and family were like, well, I thought you were better. That mm. was, I thought you were better. It's that word. I, I don't I know. I thought it worked. I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to be better. I thought it was going to work. I thought, you know, this was it for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's such a linear way to look at health. And I think that um, it's just, it's natural, but it really comes from the fact that like, okay, I go to my doctor and I get treatment for something and then I use that product and then I'm better. But like, think about it from like a chronic condition standpoint. I think that that's where it's easier maybe, uh, at least for me to understand. It's like, you know, when you have like a condition, like we're running tests, we're finding out things, we're trying something, we're coming back, we're, we're doing this therapy and oh, maybe that's working or maybe it's not working or maybe pieces of it are. So we're going to bring this in. Like, it's not a linear journey. It's a learning journey. 
and that's it. That's like, we have to stop looking at our mental health. Like it's going to be linear. You're going to be so disappointed if you think that every day it's going to be better and better. It's not, you're going to take a couple steps up and take a couple steps back. And you know, this is life. We don't win every day. Like some days it doesn't work out for us. And it's finding ways, I think, um, to like manage expectations about our mental health, as well as like be compassionate with ourselves, you know, like, so what you fell off the diet. Okay. So to, so these three weeks, they sucked. That's like, we can be real and also be like, but that doesn't mean my whole life is going to suck. That doesn't mean that this has to be like forever, like temporary place, temporary state, you know, like I can leave this if I want to like, and I don't mean to say like, we just decide to stay in these States, but just like, if I want to do things differently, if I don't want to be here, I have to do something differently because like, I'm not going to just wake up one day and like depression is going to be gone. It's, it's just not, unfortunately. I wish it was. I always say to people who are struggling, like, I wish I had magic wands. We're just like, do, 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 poof. Because like, it would make me so happy. But like, you do need to find strategies that work for you and like find compassion with yourself so that you can like navigate it better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and sometimes it starts with little things too. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're not like, tomorrow I'm going to run a marathon. Like, probably not. <laughs> like, maybe tomorrow I'll go for a walk. Like maybe tomorrow I'll get out of bed. Like start small. I think that people like get too ambitious too quick. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Um, I'm getting better at that. And I think, I don't know about you, but I'm a person who beats himself up a lot. Yes. I really struggle with this. I'm very self-critical and my friends have told me, like my friend's a counselor and uh, I, I love her for this because she's like super insightful She's like, you do not celebrate your wins. You're always thinking about like the next place to go. She's right. like, how are you ever going to be happy in life if you're just focused on the next thing, if you don't take that moment to celebrate? Like, I, it's, it's hard because I feel like they kind of like pair really nicely together, like super overcritical, but then like I want to be like top tier, right? So I'm like pushing myself and pushing myself. And like, it's a, it's a good dynamic in some ways. It can like help me like be very successful, but... I think that it also affects me very negatively at times because I'm like, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job or I said I was going to do that thing and now I haven't done that thing. So I'm the worst person in the world. Like, screw me. I knew I could have done better. But then like, there's no compassion of it. And then if I do that one thing, I'm just like, great, I should have been doing that. But like, it was already hard for me. I already knew I was struggling this week. I already knew like I just wasn't in a good place. So like, that's the time to celebrate. Okay. Like, Sometimes getting up in the day is worth celebrating and right. like, it doesn't have to be, you know, the biggest of wins. It just has to be, I'm struggling to make it through this thing. I'm struggling to get where I want to do. And I did one thing and then do that thing, celebrate and reward yourself for that. Because like the brain actually loves positive reinforcement. It remembers negative. I was like uh, listening to a podcast who was also talking about this. They were saying like, the brain remembers negative situations the best because that's like how we survive, like danger in the forest, right? Like if I hear that sound, I'm going to be Great thinking point. about, yeah. you know, that's that like fight or flight, that stress response. So, but if you give it positive reinforcement, like it will feel better to do those things. Like if I get out of bed and I love tea and I like make myself like a nice cup of tea and I sit down with a book because that's what I love to do or something great. My brain's going to be like, when we get out of bed, <laughs> it's a great time. Like you got to kind of like, uh, they call it like rewiring, but I call it just like tricking my brain. Like my <laughs> brain's like trying to play like one game and I'm like trying to play a game against it so that yeah, I yeah. can get where I want to go. 
I like that. I like that. Trick in the brain. Trick in um, the brain. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to trick it because it's, you build pathways and uh, they're, they're really hard to move through. I feel like that's where people don't give themselves enough credit. My like therapist always says to me, like uh, the patterns we take are like grooves in a record. Like they are well worn. It's hard to just like make a new record to play a different sound. They say it's, um, God, some people say it's 21 days. Uh, other people have said uh, upwards of three months, 90 mm-hmm. days to break a habit and develop a new one. Yes, it does take a, uh, actually like a long time or like 1,500 hours. I don't know. I've heard a lot of different like how long it takes. Like I think that the point is, is that like it just takes time. So like tomorrow you're not going to wake up and be like, hey, this pattern I've been doing every day my entire life. Like I'm just going to break it. Like that's, that's not reasonable. Like I want that for you. I hope you get that thing. And also like, don't set yourself up for failure, you know, like set yourself up for success. Yeah. One step did not get you to the top of the mountain. Yeah, Takes exactly. little steps. Uh-huh. It's a whole journey. It's a whole journey. Totally. Totally. You know, you got friends and family out there that go through this stuff. Um, I've, I just got word of a, you know, very close special person in my life who's going through it. And when someone is coming to you about this, it's really important to acknowledge what, what's going on and not to mm-hmm. shut them down or shut them away yeah. or shut them out. But a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know what to look for. They don't know what to ask. They don't know mm-hmm. signs, things like that. And you, if you're depressed, how do you ask for help? How do you reach out? Yeah, I think it's something that we still like... Um feel really embarrassed about like well wait uh, wait, wait. you know what real quick real quick though i think i think we before we even do that we need to we need to address just the social stigma against and Mm -hmm. how the people who aren't suffering or have suffered through depression how can we reach out to people who are asking for help and we may not Mm -hmm. notice and then we'll get to the other side of it because this, I think, is the more important. You're right. You're right. There's a yeah. whole like group of people who just uh, who don't understand. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's a few things that uh, come to mind. I definitely think uh, more education about it would be valuable. I know it's been a long time since I've been in high school, uh, so I'm sure there's like a lot that has changed. But not even just like education from like a lower, younger standpoint, but just like education like in your office, like. Even just like more, like I wish that workplaces were built more around the thought of these things. So like for me, I work for like a great company. I, I really do like them. Um, but like we still only get like five personal days. It's so like five days for your mental health essentially. So <laughs> only struggle with your mental health like five times. And I know that like that's not what they mean. This is just like the standard of like how things are done. Um, yeah, so it's not like yeah. a, a, not a personal attack against my company because they, they are wonderful. They really do care about their employees a lot. Um, but I know that other places like ha- don't even have these days. So like I think just even if there was more awareness about the fact that like people need more breaks, people need time away. And um, here's why you need more breaks. Like maybe you're not struggling with severe depression or anxiety, but like, you know, life is hard. Like you have a a life, you have your job here, you have all these other responsibilities, like that just naturally weighs on you. And then if you have chronic conditions, you've had trauma, you've like experienced other stuff, like, you know, 
this all starts to like build on us. And I feel like people don't understand other people's struggles enough to see the signs, to support people, to even try to understand that that person could be in a position. Like there are people who are more likely to suffer from depression and anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, what does that look like? What does that person look like? And does that mean that every person who like that we're going to like make a mold? Like there isn't, there's like uh, more signs I would say, but then also like, how do we account for the people who, who didn't go through like a heavy thing, who just, you know, who moved country and now they're just away from their family. Like that's hard, that's hard to be with. Like, yeah. I definitely think like trying to have more understanding on just like a general level would actually really support this. Like me just trying to understand what someone else's life is like. And I know that's challenging to do, but I think like we're so disconnected that we actually don't even like, it's not even just about like looking for signs. It's just like, I don't even know like what could be going on in your life that would account for that. So you're just showing up being like, Hey, I'm struggling today. Like, what does that even mean for you? Like, what would you be struggling with? Like, how am I supposed to understand you to support? Like support can't even happen with understanding. I feel like support's not like a checklist of things I do. It's more like I see you and I understand you and maybe I don't understand exactly how you feel, but I can try and like understand your situation so you don't feel alone. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of people about this and this has come up before with a lot of different people is you're not looking for a cure. You're not looking Mm -hmm. for a solution you're looking for someone for support for accept mm-hmm. acknowledgement mm-hmm. acceptance of of i see you i see what you're going through you know like yeah. we are we're connected beings like we are the, from like an animalistic perspective like we're meant to be in like herd we're like herd mentality right so when somebody starts to feel like isolated now i'm now I'm different from you because we're not sharing this experience. Like now I am separate. Like that's going to cause depression and anxiety because now I am different than you. I mean, we see it in a lot of different ways. This example is just for like depression and anxiety. But I, I do think like accept, like trying to make someone feel more accepted. So like just more naturally, like you are in this fold. Like I care about your well-being. Like I care about you. You're cared about. If no one else tells you you're cared about today, I said it. I said I cared about you. There you go. Yeah. Time to put this shit Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. It's all too much. It's all too much. And if the world breaks your legs, you go and beat it with your crutch. It's all too much.